So very warm welcome for a short interview today, um, live from the Regen Food System Investment Forum. It's a mouthful, but I'm very, very excited to be here uh, with David and Josh, and we're going to dive a bit deeper into the Soil Wealth Report that they um, released not so long ago, I think two, two three months. We're first going to hear a bit about the institutes they work at and uh, what the is the work they do and what brought them to uh, writing this, uh, this quite groundbreaking report. Josh, can I start with you? Sure thing. Thanks, Cohen. Uh, I'm Josh Humphreys, president of Croatan Institute, uh, which is an independent nonprofit research institute uh, based in the Research Triangle region of North Carolina. And our mission is to harness the power of investment for social good and ecological resilience. And I also am co-founder of the Organic Agriculture Revitalization Strategy, also known as ORS, which is re-envisioning certified organic uh, food and agriculture as an inclusive economic development strategy for revitalizing rural places. Um, and then the other thing that I do is uh, agroforestry as a s small-scale practitioner in the Piedmont of North Carolina. Thank you so much. And David, what about you? Uh, David Lazax from Delta Institute, a Chicago-based nonprofit working across the, the Midwest and the Great Lakes region of the U.S. Um, on a variety of issues with communities and people and, and the land and agriculture. And my specific focus is the I lead the Regenerative Food Systems Initiative, uh, really looking at this intersection between uh, finance and regenerative agriculture. And you published quite a groundbreaking report looking at the the ways of current investments and current money flows into the region ag space the sustain sustainable ag and then you went a lot further into into region ag i definitely encourage everybody to i will link uh, the links obviously below in the um, show notes to read the report it's dense there's a lot of information and i think it's the first time there's this much in on paper but what i would like to ask you david what surprised you the most of the process and the report you you published so this report is part of a larger project supported by the USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service Conservation Innovation Grant. Lots of big mouthfuls of words here. Um, and this this uh, this project is a three-year project. We have 19 partners. And we pulled it all together, at least the proposal for the project, back in uh, November to, to December of 2016. And at that point, um, it was there were very few people using the, the term regenerative agriculture, regenerative food systems. And we thought that this would be an opportunity to explore kind of the, the leading edge actors of that space. Uh, fast forward three years almost from, from when we wrote that report, and we're standing here at the Regenerative Food System Investment Forum with 175 people and two days packed full of content. Uh, we have new funds spinning up. We have new financial mechanisms that are available. And just the growth of the sector and the the interest from not only those who hold capital, but from farmers and the, the supply chain in between has absolutely just shocked us. And we're, we're excited to be able to report on where we see the, this theme and, and the regenerative ag sector in general coming from and going to and what those gaps are that we can help to fill as we, as we mature. And, and you make an interesting point in the report of that it's, it's often seen as an asset class. And actually, it's much more of a sectorial theme. Can you uh, dive into that a bit, uh, Josh? 
Yeah, I mean, one of the frameworks that we use in mapping this this really rapidly growing landscape is a, is a multi-asset class framework that we describe as total portfolio activation uh, at Croatan Institute, and and Delta has kind of embraced this uh, this framing for the way to think about it. In part because we recognize that regenerative food and ag systems are not just about making farmland investment, but investing in the entire value chain. So by thinking about value chains as something that need to be supported in addition to farmland, taking a total portfolio uh, approach, you know, basically provides a lot more entry points. So I think the the basic conceit here is that some folks, um, I think for tactical reasons, like to create sectoral themes um, using an asset class language because they feel like, oh, if we call it an asset class, then we'll get an allocation to it. Um, but the fact of the matter is that within the total portfolio activation framework, we actually think really hard about not just um, the risk and return profile of each asset class, which is basically the premise of modern portfolio theory, but also to think about the impact opportunities that are intrinsic to each asset class. So investing in a real asset like farmland is a rather different affair than investing in a publicly traded company like a General Mills that's here, that's actually sourcing from regenerative agriculture producers. And the opportunity set as an investor differs dramatically from a conventional asset class like public equity or public fixed income or cash than it does from alternatives like real assets, private debt, venture capital, ag tech, and these kinds of things. And the entire you know, asset class spectrum is an opportunity. And as we argue in, in the paper, we see certain opportunities um, in, in asset classes like cash and fixed income, quite conventional um, asset classes as as ripe for for opportunities to build this field as the, the farmland sector itself. Yeah, because I think the farmland sector, and it's something we, we discuss here a lot, and, and in general is probably the most advanced or the ones that we've seen the most funds and the most work on, but it's often a a complaint or somebody that that is building a full that is transition a full portfolio a family office or or a foundation says yeah but we cannot only buy real assets so y- you're basically saying in this paper there there is a whole you you could could you let's uh, let's ask the question could you construct a portfolio at the moment in the US because it's a US focused paper um of a considerable size with considerable depth in in region ag or region ag and food let's uh, do do you think that's possible at the moment I think as part of a more diversified strategy, what you can seek is exposure across these asset classes. I mean, it's very parallel in many ways to the conversations that are going on around fossil fuel divestment and and reinvestment in solutions to climate change. And it's one entry point for many investors in regenerative ag is precisely the, the climate-related risks and opportunities. So we we actually have a parallel initiative called the Clean Portfolio Project that's developing, you know, total portfolio approaches to um, fossil-free investments in solutions to climate change thematically across food and ag, timber, energy, community development, water, um, and clean technology, among other themes. So ag is one way to get thematic exposure. I think it would be very challenging to develop an entire portfolio exclusively around this theme at this time. Um, But if it's part of a more diversified um, approach, say, to impact investing, 
uh, or sustainable responsible investing, call it whatever you like, you can certainly grab exposure um, across these five asset classes that we've looked at closely, and indeed six if you break up fixed income between private and public markets. Um, we see a lot of opportunities. Now, the nature of the exposure is going to be quite different for each asset class. So farmland, which you mentioned, Cohen, is obviously a, a hot topic and, and how we often think about it. You can get fairly full exposure to regenerative farmland through certain kinds of funds. Um, more is sort of organized under the rubric of sustainability. Um, and as we've discussed at the conference, um, some of that doesn't always look too good um, from an impact perspective. Um, whereas in other, you know, the publicly traded asset classes, including cash, fixed income, and public uh, public equities, you're going to have to, you know, use diversified strategies that are giving you not full exposure and expression to regenerative ag, but it's just one piece of usually broader ESG strategies, to be quite frank. And so we need to we need to be cognizant of, you know, the limitations as well as the opportunities in each of these asset classes, which are quite quite different. David? And through so much of the outreach that Josh and I do, it's we're talking to investors and asset managers and family offices, and there are those who are already classifying or identifying as regenerative agriculture investors. And then there's a whole other class of folks who uh, I guess maybe we're identifying them as maybe regen curious, and they're trying to figure out what this means, what this relates to their business models, what products they, they could be building, and as we see it, what this ecosystem really looks like, and how do we begin to, to put the pieces of this puzzle together so that we can actually you know, grow the sector as a whole. Yeah, and I think that's an excellent point in the sense that we you make the, the comparison or you, you look at the data from Project Drawdown of how much we need to actually draw down enough. And it's a lot of money, it's 700 billion, I think, over the next uh, 10, 11 years, which sounds like a lot, and at the same time, if you look at all the markets and portfolios, it's not that much. And I don't think we're nearly ready to absorb that kind of money. If somebody would come into the space tomorrow with, with even 7 billion, it would be already an issue. Um, but I think in a few years from now, we'll be looking back at this group, which probably grow by tenfold at th that time, and look back at hopefully be able to absorb a lot more cash and put it to work. Um, I want to ask a question, what's next? You say this is part of a much longer program, and this is probably just one of the papers you're, you're doing. What, what's next for uh, the Soil Wealth team um, when, when it comes to uh, um, total portfolio approach in, in terms of region ag and food? Sure. So this, as I mentioned, this is part of a, a three-year USDA-sponsored uh, project. We're in, in the middle of year two, so we got a little more than a year to go. We'll be putting pulling together some more resources, uh, both for you know for different parts of that ecosystem, and we're calling that the Regenerative Agriculture Investor Toolkit. Um, and that should be available at the site soilwealth.org uh, in the coming months. But what what we identified as part of the paper are these 67 um, instruments, approaches, and mechanisms that could be used to kind of better connect the, the agricultural um, and finance systems. And um, just in the last couple of months, uh, Josh and I and a, and a whole bunch of other folks uh, took one of those 67 and you know wrapped it up in a, in a proposal and submitted it to a funder to, to develop more of these uh, ways to move capital, um, appropriate capital, uh, into the sector. And 
Um, there's 66 and probably many more left to go. And so that's where it's, you know, this is not something that's just going to happen between uh, between Josh or myself or our, our broader networks, uh, but it's really an invitation to the community to think about how we can take our existing infrastructure, whether that be our financial infrastructure or our agricultural infrastructure, and begin to pivot it to one that is really more biomimetic, one that 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 takes the, the, the form and the function of nature and something that we can re- really going back to those regenerative roots, we need to create regenerative financial systems and regenerative agricultural systems. And for anybody who's listening and who's not, let's say, U.S.-based or uh, not investing in the U.S., uh, what would be advice to them to, I mean, definitely read the report, but it's going to be, it's quite U.S.-focused. Is there work coming on the rest of the world? Or, you know, any, any resources you can point people to to dive deeper into, not just farmland focus, because it's quite, that's quite done well, but the whole asset class, I don't think, has been done before. Well, yeah, absolutely. A lot of the work that we do at Croatan Institute is geographically unconstrained and, and global in potential scope. And, and so a lot of the, the work that we've been doing uh, with Delta on this regenerative agricultural finance has had a very strong domestic uh, lens. But at the same time, there's a broader global conversation obviously going on, particularly, I think, in Europe around agroecological uh, finance. Um, obviously, there's a lot of really thoughtful regenerative agricultural practitioners who are kind of working on the, you know, the basic um, economics and business case of how to do thoughtful regenerative ag, you know, across, you know, no-dig market gardening and, you know, thoughtful livestock husbandry and, and rotational grazing. And I think there are a lot of young agrarians as well as um, senior folks who have kind of figured out how to make those businesses viable. And I, I get the sense uh, from research that we've been doing with some other civil society groups, um, including Milieu Défense in, in the Netherlands, that there's an increasing, you know, opportunity not just to say, oppose land grab investments, which is often what a lot of the folks in the agroecological sphere are concerned about globally, but also how do you do constructive investment in agroecological regenerative agricultural solutions. Um, so that's uh, a project not only you know, for the U.S., but also you know, across the developing world. And I think the soil wealth framework and the risks that are embedded within poor soil health and problematic rural community wealth destruction, to be quite blunt about it, has in fact dominated the way that many conventional long-term investors have in fact gotten exposure to farmland. And you think of blue chip endowments, you think of some of our largest pension funds in the U.S. like TIAA and Nuveen. These are not um, just U.S. investors, even though they invest a lot in the U.S. They invest in what now is, you know, the Brazil, you know, Brazil on fire, basically. Um, And they're investing in, you know, timber in Australasia. I mean, you know, the U.S. capital um, is flowing around the globe, obviously. Um, And I think there's a huge opportunity to Again, very much parallel to to uh, the fossil fuel divestment movement to kind of stop investing in conventional ag, conventional farmland, and to actually invest more in solutions that are not only going to create soil health, but also what we hope would be rural community wealth. Hence, the reframing of, of this whole um, this whole constellation um, around regenerative ag as soil wealth. 
and, and our colleague, Tim Crosby, who's here at this conference as well, under the umbrella of the Global Alliance for the Future of Food, is actually you know, what is primarily a, a, a convening of philanthropic actors, um, are getting uh, you know, really ramped up to also talk about other ways of using the capital that they have. Um, and so through kind of the lens of impact investing from foundations, they're about to do a global scan of what some of these opportunities are, I think, mirrored on some of the, some of the findings that we saw from the Soil Wealth Report. So uh, not sure what the timeline on that is or when it'll be coming out, but uh, know that there is other interest um, from from the global community. And I think that so much of the, at least the principles that drive the, or that drove this, the creation of the Soil Wealth Report in terms of what regenerative agriculture is and what regenerative finance is or might look like, uh, those uh, are cross-boundary. And uh, whether that is, you know, in the U.S. or somewhere else, it matters, I think, a lot less. But we know that we just have to move closer and closer to uh, again, those biomimetic systems, and uh, uh, that's where we're going. I want to thank you so much for the report, and thank you for your time today to to share a few insights and where it's going. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>